It's the holiday episode, so grab your hot chocolate or your hot toddy and come join me at the table. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Hello and happy holidays 2021. Today you have me solo for the holiday episode. And today I'm going to talk about how 2021 is different than 2020 for the holidays in a good way, I think. And we're going to talk about holiday decorating, different things to use, different ideas, things that come up with decorating and questions, and some entertaining hacks for having people over, talk about the tree, we're going to talk about food, and we're going to get into all of it. So here we go. Okay, can you believe it? It's 2021 ending. It's almost 2022 hard to believe. You know, the last couple of years are a blur for everybody and everybody's been through a lot. So I do think this year, you know, I remember that last year, the holiday episode was about the fact that so many of us weren't going to be with our families. And how could we still make it special? And how could we almost, you know, not feel sad about things we've done forever? I mean, I had gone to my parents for well over two and a half decades every Christmas. And last year was the first year that we did not. So it was how to sort of embrace that new normal and maybe something weird and different. This year, what's nice is I think more of us are getting together, more of us are traveling, entertaining, and doing some things that we did not get to do last year. And so we'll all take it, right? Hopefully, we'll be on that trajectory going forward. It's been a rough couple years, and we all need a break. So having said that, let's talk a little bit about my favorite tips for holiday decorating. And there are things that you don't necessarily think about, and they're really very important. So a really big thing for me, and when I look at other people's homes, when I'm doing my own home... It's very easy to just pull out the decorations and put them up. The problem with that is, you know, you have accessories and other things most likely in your home, on your mantle, on your coffee table. And if you add all this extra stuff, it ends up looking really cluttered. It also doesn't make it, it doesn't let it show off as beautifully as it could. So it's really important to go and clear things off where you're decorating. So for example, the mantle, and I just did mine recently. And I took everything off. And it may sound like a pain, but take everything off and store it. You probably have empty bins and boxes from emptying the decorations. If not, grab a box with bubble wrap, or you might be able to put them in another spot in your home temporarily just while the decorations are up. But get them out. I mean, there could be one or two things on a mantle, let's just say hypothetically, that could stay and you could incorporate into your decor. If you can, that's great. In my case, even, I really couldn't for what I wanted to do. So clear it off, put it away. That is like a huge tip. And you're going to notice a huge difference in your space when you put your decor up. It's going to look really cohesive. It's going to really stand out and really make an impact that way. So don't have too much stuff. 
Having said that, a question that came in recently to me was, well, how do you know if you even have too many decorations up? Well, you know, just use a sense. I mean, after you put it up, stand back from it, stand at a distance from it, go in and out of the room a few times, even for a couple days. And if it just looks a little cluttered or one good test is to take one thing away and then look at it and then maybe take one other thing away and it might look better. It's sort of like getting dressed. Sometimes they say the last thing you put on for an accessory, maybe remove it and it might actually make the outfit look better. So it's kind of similar in decorating your home. If you feel that you've overdone it, maybe, or you're not sure, looking at it with a different eye from a distance and maybe removing one or two things. And if your eye changes and you feel like it looks better, then that's good. That means you need to edit it down a little bit because listen, it's exciting, especially this year. And so we can all go a little crazy, right? And if you wanna go crazy and have it really full and festive, I also say go for it. Anything's game at this point, right? Whatever's gonna drive happiness, I'm all for it. Now, another huge thing for me is Everything doesn't have to be red and green. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, pine and red velvet ribbon. Really feel creative and use things like I use faux fur and feathers and wood beads and twigs and berries and leaves that you spray paint gold and pine cones and pine cones that you spray paint and white branches. So use a variety of materials. There's so much available right now between what you can find outside in your own yard and some spray paint. Michael's has some amazing stuff that's super affordable. Amazon, you know, all of these places, local boutiques. We have some local boutiques in our area that sell some beautiful stuff. Um, Using glitter, anything shiny this time of year because of the lack of light, I find really nice. And now that we have those LED lights that are available everywhere at all sorts of price points, that just run off batteries and have a switch and have different modes and have timers. You can string lights anywhere and they're so light and easy to work with that it's great. But don't be afraid to use materials that are unique and different and ribbon can be really an amazing thing. There's so many available in that area as well. So when it comes to color, if you're a real traditionalist, you know, you want to use red and green, use red and green. I have found that red and green don't look the best in most homes with their decor. So you could spin off that and use green with metallics like gold and silver or rose gold type ribbons and ornaments and things like that. You can go completely different. I mean, I used sort of a blush color with golds and silver and plum. One year I used a metallic blue and silver. You can use sort of a lime green and silver. Incorporating these metallics is really nice. Taking a spin-off green and using lime green and red, those are also opposite on the color wheel the way red and green are. So you get the same kind of effect, but a different look. So go with colors that you like that work well with your decor too. The red and green just don't always work that great. Again, if you're traditionalist and you wanna put them up, I'm not telling you not to, but I'd like you to think creatively. Purples and plums look gorgeous this time of year. And what's nice about using colors like that and using a different palette, I find that even after Christmas, and I I don't suggest you keep your Christmas tree up too long and Christmas decorations, but there's certain things you can leave up that I think are just winter. And they just look pretty in the winter because it's dark out. 
you know, the trees have lost their leaves. There's not much budding. So it's nice to have something shimmery and pretty in your home decor that's wintry. And so what's nice about a different palette is some of it you can leave up. You know, you can edit it way down and just leave a few things up. So don't be afraid to get creative with materials and colors. I say go for it, and I think you'll really enjoy that. Another thing is that a lot of people, you know, putting up decorations with kids and pets can sometimes be a challenge. I've seen so many instances, even recently on social media, where cats climb the tree, and that can really be a problem. So my tips for that are this. On the tree especially, you know, it can hang very low. So kids that want to touch everything, I would say either on those lower branches, you can, you know, put nothing to not much or the things that you put there could be soft and just nothing that could break or harm. So for example, using ribbon, using ornaments that don't have anything sharp, that aren't glass, you know, that are smooth you know, things like that. The other thing is you can gate off the area, both for pets and kids, if you need to put like a child safety gate. And I know that's not ideal as far as how it looks, but depending on how your house is set up, if you really need to keep pets and kids away, that would be another suggestion. And then you just remove it, you know, in the room when they're there with you and being supervised. I know it can be a challenge, especially with the cats. I have two small dogs. And in fact, ideally, I'd kind of like to put our tree in the family room because I have a little bit bigger space. But it would go in a corner where they would be tempted to, and the gifts would be, you know, on the floor. They would be tempted to, I don't know, <laughs> maybe get in some trouble with that. So I move it to the living room where it is gated off from them. And so then I don't have to worry about it. So you have to just adapt it to your lifestyle and it's really okay. But I think those two things would help a lot. So just keeping the lower branches off, you know, ornaments off of it or things that would be soft and not harmful and not too many so that if somebody got into it and was playing, you know, one of the kids, you wouldn't have too much to pick back up and put back on. As far as the cat, you know, it could be in a space where you can really block them out of that room. Or like I said, you may have to put up a gate in a cat's case, I know, because they'll just jump up. And that's just really a tough one. Dogs, it's a little bit easier. And still having a safety gate around the tree for a dog so that they don't go near it. Especially if it's a live tree and you have a smaller dog, that smell can trigger them to pee. <laughs> so, you know, you don't want them peeing on the tree thinking they're outside. So those are two things that I recommend. And like I said, ideally, if there is a room, like in my case, where they just can't get into it without you, then that's super ideal. For the kids, the safety gate should work pretty well for a toddler. But again, you've got to supervise them because if it's not super stable and they're strong enough to pull the gate down, you know, you have a whole other set of issues. Sometimes in certain rooms where there is a lot of activity with the kids and pets, you could put one of those small, pretty tabletop trees where it's up higher if it's not in reach of children and it wouldn't be in reach of dogs. Cats, I know, again, they're going to jump up and do what they want to do, but that could be a solution in that case as well. So those are my big 
tips for actually, you know, decorating, putting up the tree, decorating the mantle, whether you're putting things on a chest or a coffee table. Coffee tables, be careful. They don't need to be too cluttered. I don't even think coffee tables need much holiday decor. And that really is a spot where kids can reach everything too. So that might become more of a nuisance than it is anything else. So, you know, your mantle is a nice place because not a lot of people touch that and can get up there. So make the most out of your mantle for sure. As far as the tree, the big debate is real or fake, right? Real or fake. Well, I was a diehard real person always, especially growing up. And there were years where my mother wanted to put up a fake tree and I was so upset or so mad and we have to have a real tree. And then funny enough, once I got into my own house and with a work schedule being busy and with you know, dealing with not wanting to deal with the tree drying out and allergies and everything else. I'm all about the fake tree now. I love it. And in fact, last year I got a white one and I love it, love it, love it. And I recommend, you know, if you want a traditional tree, but then you want to get a fun tree, there's really cool colors available. The white trees, you can do so much with them. And I absolutely love them. So I recommend that too. And I also recommend little tabletop trees, whether you're going to do real or artificial, they can be really fun. And when your kids are a little older, even I always used to put a tiny little, it was maybe like 18 to 24 inches high. I found like a silver tinselly one, one year. And I found like a bright pink tinsel one, one year. And I would put in my girl's room on their dresser or on like a side table, they would each have their own little tree in their bedroom. I would put the lights on and then they would pick what ornaments they wanted to put on them. And then in their bedrooms, they had their own little tree. So that's a nice thing to do. And it's a great thing to do in a guest bedroom. Also, if you have some guests coming, it really adds a nice touch of holiday decor without being too, too much. My accessory course has finally launched. It is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course, or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right, I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens, it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it and I love styling for my photo shoots, and most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot, guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm gonna show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's gonna be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are gonna be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So. You can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, you're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Okay, let's talk about entertaining because we're a little rusty, you know, it's been you know, kind of easy in some respects, not having to, (laughs) but we're out of practice a little bit. So even before COVID, you know, I would talk about the fact that, you know, in most people's homes, in the suburban home, even though it's a lot bigger space than you had in the city, you know, it's maybe only used a couple times a year. And most homes, even the largest homes, 
don't have a dining room where when you are having that bigger event where it's 25 people or more, that you're going to sit 25 comfortably in one room, okay? It just, in the largest houses that I've been in, it's just you know, not how we live. And so dining rooms, even in the biggest homes, aren't built huge. So I have some tips for two things. One, if you're having more people than actually fit in your dining room. And two, a lot of times you've moved into a home and people wait to decorate their dining rooms last because like I just said, you don't always use them first. So that makes sense, you know, from a budget standpoint and things like that. So if you don't have all your furniture, number one, and you're having a lot of people over, here's a few things. My biggest tip is to rent tables, chairs, and even plates, silverware, glasses, and tablecloths from a local party rental company. It can really save your life. It makes it easy. You can dress up your dining room so beautifully. You don't have to get just regular folding chairs. You can, but you can get the ballroom chairs. You can get any different color table linens. You can get these longer banquet tables. And if you even have an existing table, you can get one folding table that's, you know, big enough and then put it up against the one that you have, and then you cloth them both and it looks like one big table. No one will ever know the difference. And then set beautiful candles and flowers down the table with the beautiful chairs, napkins. And if you really want to make it easy, I think especially when you're having a lot of people to rent the plates, glasses, silverware, it's a lifesaver. I did that a couple years and it really saved my life. It takes a lot of stress off and it takes a lot of work off your list. So that's one of my big hacks. The other thing you can do is, you know, If you have things buffet style, so you might have a table in your dining room or could set one up with a party rental company. And if that's still not enough room, you can then take another table in the house, whether it be in a kitchen, put one in the living room. If the rooms are adjacent, you could have two tables where conversation could still flow or maybe there is, quote, the kids table and that's going to gain more seating. And then you can do buffet style um, where people are kind of mingling and they have places to sit but it doesn't have to be as formal. You can even set up those high top tables from the rental companies so people can mingle, eat, and kind of have like a moving, what I'll call like a moving dinner and entertaining. I think setting up like a dessert table is really nice at the end and you can put beautiful candies, setting up a bar, and that could be as easy as using these fabulous acrylic trays that are available everywhere and putting them on your kitchen island, having the bar there. You can use the kitchen table for the food. And then when the food, when the meal is done, clear it and make it a dessert buffet table. So all of that makes it so that you're utilizing all the different spaces in your home and creating zones, you know, for food, for seating, for mingling, and kind of mix it up, especially if you're having a lot of people. So those are some of my big tips for entertaining and trying to, you know, accommodate so many people. And when it's a time or at a time where we just haven't had as many people that we're hosting. So having said that, let's get into the food and the cooking, right? Because that's where a lot of work is. That's where a lot of cleanup is. So renting the dishes that everyone's eating off of and the serving and stuff like that is going to save a lot. But we all know when we cook, there's a lot of pots and pans and utensils, no matter how you slice it. So those foil roasting pans are great for side dishes. They work really well. And then they're great if you're going to send somebody home with food or when you're done with the pan, you can throw it out and it's one less pan to wash. As far as cooking, 
people want to go with traditions. So you want to look at family recipes, obviously, and have things that are traditional. But what could help ease you as the host is to ask people to bring something. So that helps on because, you know, you've got appetizers to do. You've got your main course with side dishes and then you've got dessert. I mean, the thing about holiday meals is there's a lot of components. And I was just saying over Thanksgiving, like, What's interesting about the Thanksgiving meal that just does make it different from other meals, there's just no matter how you cut it, like a lot of pans and a lot of utensils. And I think it's because we have so many side dishes, you know, and when you entertain, you want to have enough appetizers out, enough side dishes and multiple desserts. So having somebody bring at least one thing in each category, if not multiple, is going to help quite a bit on you, the host. Like if you're roasting a turkey, maybe you do the roast and everyone's bringing a side dish. And your job is going to be to just get them in the oven. So that's one way to do it. And then if you need to bring prepared food in, there's so much available now at supermarkets that's really good. As far as setting your holiday table, I've done a lot of things recently about table settings that you can find on my Instagram page. And I'm a big fan of interesting and creative place cards for people. And it kind of can be sort of one in the same where the place card becomes like a little gift they can take home. So check out my Instagram for tips about that because I think that's a really special touch. And the thing about the table is you don't want it so formal and stuffy. You want it beautiful and interactive and engaging. And so I also recommend keeping all centerpieces small and low. You don't want anything where you feel like once everybody sits down, you have to move it somewhere and find a place for it. If it's like a big, huge, tall centerpiece of flowers, keep everything really low. You don't even have to use flowers. If you look at my tips, there's a lot of other creative things that I've used. And I highly recommend doing that as far as getting your table set and getting some special things for everybody to enjoy and feel like they're really part of this fun dinner party. So now let's talk about if you are going to somebody else's house. Yes, I am a big fan of the hostess gift. Don't go empty handed. Candles are always nice, unique ones, beautiful ones. If that person likes cooking, bringing some beautiful cooking oils and nice dish towels or a set of beautiful napkins or wooden cooking utensils. You can certainly bring, you know, wine or champagne if that's appropriate or any other spirits, but chocolates are nice, but don't go empty handed. Be really thoughtful. And I'm a, like I said, big fan of the hostess gift and how it's packaged. Use beautiful ribbon, use something personal with their initial. Stationery is a really nice gift too. And there's some beautiful stationery out. Books are also a really beautiful gift. So the hostess gift is important. So I think I've covered a lot here today, but I welcome any further questions about holiday decorating or entertaining. Please reach out to me and ask me anything. I would love to help you, answer you. If it even means creating a video to show you visually on something, I'm more than happy to do that. I'd like to say that if you're traveling, I want you to have safe travels. If you are hosting, I want it to be stress-free and I want you to remember to be a guest at your own party and completely enjoy it. If you are having just something small and quiet at home, maybe relish the fact that you don't have to do a lot of work and you can really relax and enjoy it. And that's a wonderful thing too. And if you are not traveling far or by air and you're just going to somebody else's home, Make sure you bring that hostess gift and really enjoy being with other people this year. I think that's the big thing. I hope that 2022 has positive things ahead for all of us. 
everybody that I know and people that I don't know has a story about the last two years and it's been some heavy stuff. Everyone's been through a lot. So I wish everybody a happy, a healthy and safe holiday season. And no matter what holiday you're celebrating from my home to yours, I hope it's wonderful. I'll talk to you soon. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the Room Planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.